suckers. Oh, <laughs> this is what I need tonight. Fuck. Fuck. Rolo. Oh, my God. This better be going out live. <laughs> Where's Rolo in chat? What the fuck is up, Dan? Oh my oh, good lord. That makes me want to rip everything apart. Fuck. I have never heard that song before, by the way. Who was that? Was that Stained? That is... <laughs> that is a band called Silosis. Uh... And that song, that song is called Oath of Silence, and holy fuck. That was, I, so, I heard the beginning part of that song on uh, an Instagram that I saw, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to open the podcast with that. I did not know it hit that heavy. That's a really good song. Look, as a metal guy, I know heavy, man. That hit yep. heavy. Yep. <laughs> What's up, Dan? Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, go check out that Silosis album. It's what I'm listening to tomorrow morning. You, right now, are listening to This Might Sound Stupid, uh, a podcast two friends do once a week because it's really easy to have a podcast, and why not? Uh, and it's a good reason to hang out. And hopefully, by July, we'll be able to do it in person again. This podcast, by, this podcast, by the way, is called This Might Sound Stupid. I don't know if I said that. Did I? Yes, you did. You yeah. had to have. Uh, we are brought to you, as always, first and foremost by Joey the Good Boy. We'll check in with Joey here. i got to get the camera ready. He is maneuvered, so it's just his penis. Ooh. Yeah. A little, little Joey peen. Joey's been with us since the beginning. We are also brought to you by Mike Long, uh, who is... A wonderful, kind-hearted friend of ours uh, who designed all of our graphics. And so now we mm-hmm. talk about him once a week on the podcast. He's a if, graphic man. If this is your first time listening to This Might Sound Stupid, you should subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. If, you ha- if you're listening to us through a podcast app, just press subscribe next to our podcast. Just do it. Do it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash This Might Sound Stupid. Arguably the best way to enjoy the podcast is live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. And if you want to tweet at us, you can do that at TMSS underscore podcast, or you can email us. This might sound stupid at gmail.com. Dan, how are you? Pretty good. Not, not, not as bone aching this week from the cold. So that was nice. It is getting warmer. Uh, where like warmer is like it, it's you know it's magically gonna be in like the 20s tomorrow yeah and then in the 30s on saturday and sunday 
I even yeah. heard on the radio while I was driving today that it might be in the 40s next week. That is neat because it has been fucking brutal cold here. Yeah, like those those temperature changes always make my house like make noise where it's like you can mm-hmm. tell it's like expanding and contracting. It's like, the hell? Yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, my chat is still doing this freaky thing since OBS released an update where it clips out every few minutes and I just miss chats. So if I'm missing some of your chats, I'm sorry. I did see. Don't worry, Ro- I can see him because my chat always works. Rolo says, "Holy Hannah!" Well, this room is destroyed. Onto another. Uh, yeah, I know, Rolo. You've told me to listen to Silosis before. I've never listened to them. I don't know why now, because that song was, I that it was so good. It was so it got me pumped up because I am very low energy. Everybody in my house is crabby as fuck, myself included. Uh, I think we've just been cooped up too long. And the you know the whole rest of the world the stuff that's going on, and uh, we're just all kind of crabby. So hopefully, uh, hopefully like tomorrow and Saturday, yeah, crabby bug going around. Although like most people I've talked to, I think Happyblabber was saying that earlier today. I know that we've been saying it in in work chats. People are just kind of like I'm crabby, and I don't know why. Oh, Dan. What are you drinking? Uh, drinking a, uh, a Shooter McGavin. Shooter! Dry. Mmm. Mmm. I gotta oh, get, God. I gotta get my... Pl- uh, my igloo cooler. It's Playmate by Igloo. Mm-hmm. It's the Everyman's cooler. Uh, that is Michael Long. Our sponsor. Yeah. I'm drinking another one of these with this fucking dope can. It's my last one. These are really, really good. If you live in an area where you can get Indeed, try Hop Dab. It's one of the best beers I've had in a long, long time. Kidney cooler. Exactly. Yeah. For when I take people's kidneys on the weekends, uh, Hap- Happy Lapper says he's crabby. Um, who is Happy Yeah, way to make him more crabby. Why Amber. is it? Why is the is? How am I supposed to read that? Who is Happy Blabber? I don't know how to read that. And then Amber says, "I Mike, did you get baby gifts today? We did. We sent you baby gifts. By we, I mean my wife." We are flushed with boxes. <laughs> um, Rolo says, the first time I showed you Silosis, your review was, yeah, they are good, but they just do that one thing really well. I don't have any memory of that. Uh, I think if I can toot my own horn, I don't know how to say the sentence. One of my favorite moments surrounding metal, which Rolo and I love, uh, recently has been I was showing... Rolo, a new band that I had been listening to. And then all of a sudden, when we were listening to this album, they changed from metal vocals to like singing. And I went, oh, you, they're singing. And Rolo started laughing. I didn't, it didn't occur to me that it was funny. Rolo started laughing so hard. I think he started coughing. And he said, that's like the most metalhead thing 
anybody's ever said, oh, you, they're singing. I don't remember what band that was. But singing is a thing that almost always turns me off in metal. So if Silosis sings, that's another thing where I could have, like, sometimes these bands will have these brutal songs, like that song. It'll just be this absolutely awesome, brutal song. And then the rest of their album, every track on the album has singing. And it's just like, eh, it's like you tricked me into listening to your album. That makes sense? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, used to, I'm, used to, I'm used to actual words in my songs. So I'm not 100%. <laughs> you singing. Dan, I miss you, buddy. Probes. Probes. Um, so yeah, Silosis does a bunch of singing. There's very few bands who do singing really well. Killswitch uh, does singing well. Beatles. The Beatles. Um, I'd say John Bowie <laughs> has a pretty good voice. Give me, yeah, I like singing my music too. Uh, who else, Rolo? Killswitch does... I'm struggling to think of many others. Um, Unearth. Unearth. They don't really do a lot of singing, but every once in a while, Unearth will have some singing, and it's fine. There's just this There's this very generic singing that goes along with metal where it's just like, uh, don't do that. Machine Head. Yeah. Machine Head has fantastic singing and arguably my favorite metal album of all time it's it's almost like the part of a lincoln park song where like uh uh the rap guy comes on and you're just and like and that's you're, you're just you're just sitting there like what are you doing Ooh, and then you're just like oh yeah that guy's yelling about i don't know <laughs> just don't don't tell him to do again i like that the rap guy comes on yeah mike Everybody. shinoda is that his name Mike oh, Shinoda, is yes. Is it? So you, yeah, you hate Mike Shinoda and you love Bald, Baldo, Chester, Baldo. Chester Barton. I don't know what his Baldo name is. Baldo Tiny Man. I don't know what his name was. Chester Sounds, right? Chester Sounds, right. Uh, I listened to the first Linkin Park album a few years ago. It's still fine. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you, you commented that it's like, I wish this Mike Shinoda wasn't here. I don't mind those parts. You know what, you know what didn't hold up for me was... Uh, a lot of Incubus. I loved Incubus. They were uh, huge. They were like your band. Mm, I don't know if they were my band. I mean, I had Incubus shirts. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you were just you loved them a lot. We though. skipped school to go see them live in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, I mean, that was partially because it was Incubus and partially because that just seemed like a cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, Morning View and whatever their other album is. Um. I can't even remember. Sci- not science. No, science still holds up. That's what I was going to end with. Is science oh. is still great. Scott fucking staff. There's a mm-hmm. name I haven't heard in a while. Did you trick me oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, Rolo says, there's a type of singing that shows up in a lot of metal songs, not unlike the way Scott staff has a way of singing that some other people do. Uh, I don't Amber says, so Aurora loves metal rock by baby. Yes, Nemo used to sing metal twinkle twinkle. He'd go, twinkle, twinkle. It was awesome. He doesn't do it anymore. But they both love metal. It's One of my favorite things is when I drive them to school, I'll be like, what do you guys want to listen to today? And they go, metal. <laughs> so it'll be like 7 in the morning and we're driving, listening to August Burns Red. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh... Did you watch the Mars Rover stuff today? Mm-hmm. 
That was neat. I couldn't remember if you were there. That stuff. <laughs> what? I couldn't remember if you were chatting in chat when it was. Oh, chatting. okay. <laughs> what did you think I meant? We didn't like get together and watch this thing. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you were in the control room or not. Um, yeah. The older I've gotten, the more stuff like that just makes me emotional. Uh, like people doing something well. Just, yeah, I don't know. Like knowing what it's like to work really hard for something and then get it. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, from my brief reading, it seemed like they started planning that in 2013. So it's like seven, seven and a half years that they had been working towards that. And when that room, when that, when they got the all good report and that room explodes, mm-hmm. I got all welled up. And then I was watching it. I watched it later on with Nemo. And uh, I started to say something to him and I got all choked up. So I just stopped. But I was like, it's just a really big accomplishment. <laughs> and got all choked up. I That type of stuff, I don't... The empathy in me has grown as I've gotten older or something. Where I just... I'm, I'm just genuinely so happy for them. And just for our species i mean the crazy thing is they posted a video after where there's a video it's not the i think they're going to post an even better video but there's a video of the lander and you can see like the high-res dirt get blown away as it's landing Mm -hmm. and it's just it's stunning to me that you're sitting there looking at the surface of another planet like Mm -hmm. it like in super high def you can see little individual granules of sand and it's just, it's bananas to me when you think about, especially when you think about all the things that have to go right for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is all the things that they have to consider when they're launching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like the, like the sheer amount of uh, brain power that goes into something like that. And like, just absolute pure science yeah yeah i mean even like, just you, know, you have like you have to calculate where mars is and where it's gonna be today yeah. and yeah like where mars was a ways away and, and like not only where yeah. it's gonna be but where it's gonna be in its rotation hmm. and yeah it's i i still remember the first time that somebody was explaining to me I don't, it's not, I don't remember the first time I shouldn't phrase it that way. I just remember being like dumbfounded when I actually sat and thought about it. When somebody was like, well, when you, when you launch a rocket straight up, you're not, you're not launching it straight up. Like you have to take into account that the earth is rotating insanely fast and take that into account with regards to where you're, when they were talking about the moon landing and like how they had to take all that into account to get mm-hmm. the right kind of launch. And so you can only, you can only launch on this day because at this time, and it was just like, holy shit, that's, it makes me realize how dumb I am. <laughs> but yeah. I, think I, 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 like I might, I'm trying, like I, I, I've had an inkling to watch first man again. Um, so that was a that was a really that was a really neat movie about Neil Armstrong and just kind of that initial program 
uh, in, in like you know finishing with like the the first moon landing. It's 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 just so fascinating, just like going to the moon back then when it wasn't like my cell phone is as powerful as the computers are trying to use to triangulate the movement of of planets and like how to fucking launch something that no one's ever done before at yeah at the moon it's just an insane insane accomplishment mm-hmm. uh and it, it's someday, a- someday it'll be mundane and that that you know that that'll, that'll be you know that'll be a little sad but that's I hope, fine i hope that someday <laughs> it's mundane yeah it will it will be it'll be like the mars is a little bit further off i'm sure we'll have some some you know a lot more civilian space travel to at least space and then i'm sure the moon after that and then mars after that it's a weird thing too because watching it there is there's some sense of pride for me in it and it's not America, yeah, I get it. It's I was going to say it's not like it's not pride as an American, although it would be lying to say that isn't a part of it, like I'm Oh, of course. Like there's, there's no reason you could ever you should ever feel bad that you're that this place that is like has raised you is a, is is, you know, did that did a thing yeah, like that. I I don't feel bad, but it's not it's not just proud of America for yes, doing it. It's like pure America. I'm proud of just the fact that our species has been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I had I have zero part in it. Like there's, I don't know what kind of mental gymnastics and hoops you'd have to jump through in order to associate me with success mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Mars rover, but there's a lot of them. Uh, Walt Beef says Canada doesn't have a space program, and that's what exciting for me. Uh, we have a hockey program. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we built the can of darn. We built the arm that's on the shuttle <laughs> that, that grabs things. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's called a can of darn. And it's it, great. I don't know that every. I don't know. It's just. It's really cool to think that, like, as far as we know, we're the only species that has put things from our planet onto another planet. In this solar system. Is that what you mean? Or just in the entirety of the universe? In the enti- I'm saying as far as because, we yeah, know. As far as we know, yes. We're the only thing that's done it in existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think we've talked about that before, that I think both of us think there's alien life as smart or smarter than us somewhere else in the universe. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with that probability, yes. Uh, we might never, ever know about it, but... For sure, in our solar system, we are. And then, yeah, I just as far as we know, we're the only thing that's been able to do that. And it's just, it's really, I did not say living. I almost did. Uh, but, yeah, to get something. And then just the fact that it broadcasts so ba- back so quick. And I don't know. It was really cool. Yeah, it's... Uh... It like it, it it's weird in that it only takes like if I was to say to you it's gonna take you twenty five minutes to get my email you'd be like what the fuck's wrong with the internet today but it's like oh it, you know I was just coming from Mars <laughs> I like that thought what the fuck's wrong with the internet today 
uh, Russia put a rover thing on Venus. That's also awesome. I think it would be the same thing if I watched their control room and they all got ex- I mean, it's it's the same thing that I think people love about sports, and I know I love in fighting is when you get to see somebody who's worked so that hard for that long, so hard for so long, get their thing. So long as you're not a sociopath, I guess you're just I I'm just happy for them. And they, yeah, and like you know, and they they get to say like they they get emotional like it's it because let's say it's you, you see these grown men turn into like just children mm-hmm. when they win the Super Bowl and like they're just like running around like hugging each other like high fiving because it's like holy shit like I've been working you know some of these guys like thirty seven years for this thing and like I did it yeah it's just crazy to put yourself yeah, it, under that much pressure is. I mean mm-hmm. that thing could have right. gone that thing could have gone sideways for any number of reasons and it just Oh yeah. It didn't. And so it makes you think that like the sleepless nights you've had and the exhaustion and it was like, okay. That wasn't in vain. Mhm. Oh yeah, That's, it's going to be an interesting interesting few years here with uh for for space travel. I.e. like going in going with people to space and then hitting that moon again. It, we, we, we got unfinished business on that moon. Genuine question I don't know the answer to. The moon is the, is the, the closest thing to us. That's the big one. That does, it that just white. doesn't sound right. Where it's, is it? I can't see it today. It's not out today. Uh, it's been coming out in the morning. Uh, Kibby says, in, in a sense, we are already in a pre-stage era with where ordinary citizens can go through some of the training astronauts do, but it's offered as an entertainment and a luxury. Definitely a luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, genuine question. How much... Cause, so Trump's administration, was Space Force in planning before Trump, or was that all a Trump thing? Maybe I you don't, don't... Maybe you don't know either. I'm kind of asking people in chat and... I think that was just a Trump thing because he wanted he wanted he wanted space military. From what I remember, it seemed like Trump wanted more emphasis put on space and maybe even gave NASA more funding. But I guess if this started seven years ago, I was just wondering to what degree if I can give his administration any kudos. Okay, it is pre-Trump. Well, never mind. Yeah, it's (laughs) trying to trying to find something. Um. I thought I remembered something in the early part of his administration where he was he wanted to fund NASA more, and I don't know if that actually ever happened. I don't know, actually. Neither do I. I know, I know, I know they're still desperately underfunded. So anything, any, any, any money he would have given them was like a pittance. Yeah, I think the NASA live stream did it get up to two million at one point yeah, today? Yeah, on, the, on the NASA, yeah, like the NASA official one, yeah. And then I know, like PBS had. Uh, a quarter, a quarter of a million. No, it was more. It was a quarter of a oh, million nice. people. Uh, and there were other stations streaming it too. Um, Kimmy says Trump was just going to go all in with it. Uh, and Wallaby says he founded Space Force. Before that, the Air Force had a space command branch since the 80s. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he basically broke off the piece of the Air Force. So that, that has nothing to do with NASA, though. Because Space Force is just a branch of the military. Okay. Didn't actually know that. Um, either that's way, why, uh, what's his face? Uh, guy from the office, Steve Carell. You know what's yeah, funny? That's why, part, that's why he's part of the the Joint Chiefs. Yes, I. 
I'm now remembering that show because Amber and I have actually watched that show. It was a, it was a good good first it was a season. Good quarantine show where it's like it was one of the first shows that came out during quarantine. It yeah. was just light and like it was goofy and mm-hmm. uh, we liked it. I'm I watched the second season. Um, but yeah, it, uh, two million people. I mean, out of if you want to say our country has four hundred million, it's not a whole bunch, but it would be cool to see NASA get more funding. Yeah, and like you know, some people may have been watching it, you know, in groups somewhere. Like it may have been being played in some classrooms. I hope so. Um, I hope more. Yeah, it's like it's. I think putting people like in like a permanent or like the beginnings of a permanent thing on the moon is the next huge one. I think like you know, sure, like you know, us setting up like five like you know millionaires into space will be neat because that'll be like that'll, that'll that'll be the proof of concept for sending up civilians. In like a, you know, it'll function that way. But I think actually having some sort of like station sort of thing like on the moon will be a will be fairly big. I read something or heard something somewhere recently where they were arguing that instead of building a colony on the moon, fuck, what was it? Were they just gonna build it in orbit? Yeah, I think it was that it yeah. would be it would be better to just build an actual space station instead of a a colony on the moon because you it would make mining near earth Mm -hmm. objects easier and and it would it would be something to to jump to mars from yeah yeah it it would be a cheaper i forget what it is yeah it it, it'd be cheaper to just hit that thing from earth and then land on the moon from it Mm -hmm. than doing just straight moon missions every time Yes, that um, was another part of it. Did I read it? What was that? We we had talked about that Christ a year ago. I, I, remember, I remember bringing that up. When we were, I okay. forget we were talking about space one day. And, and we, we, we talked about that whole thing. I'll bet that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because it would be easier to hit other near-Earth objects or mine asteroids or things like that. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. it would also it's the, also it would be jumping to the moon. Yeah, because you don't have to escape our atmosphere every time. Like, right. you, you, can, you can launch rockets from it. Yeah, it could be an orbital hub yep. uh, where people actually live on the hub and then, like Dan said, it's easier to go to the moon or to Earth. Yep, or to Mars, or just, yeah, anywhere. It, it just becomes a little... Right. A, a little... Hub. Deep Space Nine. In orbit. Yeah. Yeah. An orbital hub. Oh! Which will put... We won't put lasers on to shoot our enemies. <laughs> It'll depend on who's in office. Um, do you think we'll see people on Mars in our lifetime? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was I was thinking like yeah I think so I think we could do it. That came up like, on... like, like I feel like the distance between us hitting um the moon again in like a in a semi permanent way and then at least touching Mars uh isn't that isn't that much bigger of a leap it's just because that's just a matter of just like the the length of time and then the if those people are signing up to not come home sort of thing so okay today because nemo really likes space right now he's got a space Mm -hmm. book he loves to read over and over again he's got a telescope he likes looking at space he's also big time into dinosaurs uh which i mean what kid isn't the dinosaur phase is a super fun phase but 
I also had him watch this video. I mean, I didn't have him watch it. I was like, do you want to watch this? And he said, yeah. And it was about all about the engineering that went into making uh, the rover. Sorry, mm-hmm. I got distracted by Joey. He's cute. Um, and he sat and watched the whole thing. And it's like, it's it wasn't made for kids. It was made for adults. But he still sat and watched the whole thing. And anyways, not like he's going to, but I had this thought of like, man, what if Nemo ended up being one of the people, like he just was super motivated and was able to get in and was one of the first people they sent to Mars. And then I thought like, what if he was one of the first people that sent to Mars though? And they're like, but you won't come back. And then I was like, well, then I'd have to sabotage. Him. <laughs> <laughs> it would break my heart. That would be such a, like such a tough thing. If you had like your son's 35 and like, he's, he's not dead. He's, you know, it's not cancer. You can see him in video calls maybe from Mars or something, but like he's just never coming back. That's, it was such a bizarre thing to think of like somebody out there. Yeah. Amber. Oh my God. No, he can't go. Somebody out there would experience that where it's such a weird thing where like, you know, your child is still alive and maybe you have the ability to, uh, video conference with them it's kind of the thing from uh mcconaughey's movie whatever that movie interstellar mm-hmm. where like maybe he could send you video calls and then you just you know they still exist but you don't ever get to hug them again or see them or it would just be it would be like they're gone but they're not gone it would be so bizarre mm-hmm. uh Amber says he told me he's moving next door when he's a man. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Kibby says, how old is Nemo? If you don't mind me asking, I asked because if he is, if he is one to space, he might like reading up on Huntsville, Alabama. I don't understand that sentence. I asked because if he is into space, I'll bet that's what it said. If he's into space, he might like reading on pod Huntsville, Alabama. He might. We have a science book that he likes right now that's kind of perfect for a four-year-old. <laughs> Schwartz says next-door mission. I wouldn't mind living that close to my kid. I wish I lived that close to my mom. I genuinely do. Maybe not next door. What's the, what's the good distance? Like, if she lived in the cul-de-sac down, mm-hmm. the, down the block, that'd be perfect. Would, would you be okay in your... Um, so this, this is not on your son being marooned on Mars. Uh... If so, like in this theory, the Mars mission is coming back. Um, would you be okay being the guy that goes in the mission three years before that just literally goes around Mars and comes back for me going and, or not, my and, son? Not, and not me and not be the guy that actually gets to land on Mars? Who are you? Are you asking for me going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking, are you okay? Are you okay with just being the guy that orbits Mars, not the guy that lands on Mars? For sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'd be a good candidate. No, no, no. Of course not. Well, you're not yoked enough yet. Not yet. Oh, that's what we were talking about right before the podcast. I want to get a yoke. Uh, Huntsville is also known as Rocket City. It's where they build a lot of rockets and shuttle components for NASA. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, he's four, but he's into it. This summer, I want to get a lot of the, like, outdoor science experiments. I want to get a rocket and, like, put a rocket together. Uh, yes, 
Schwat, I'm saving Cosmos until he's old enough to just smoke weed, and then we're going to smoke weed. And actually understand a little bit more what Cosmos is trying to tell him. And watch Cosmos. Uh, but yes, we will be watching Cosmos. Um, but I, I'm really excited this summer to get some of those outdoor science experiments uh, and do those. Get Cosmos, the book. Um, I wonder, is there Cosmos for kids? That'd be cool if there is. Oh, it's full of neat pictures. Okay. Well, then that actually sounds really cool. Or the newer Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. Um, have you ever, Did you read the Mars Trilogy by What's-His-Nuts? No, I, I had bought book one um, of Mars, but I did not. Who wrote the Mars Trilogy? Trilogy. I'm sure we've talked about this before. I never got it. Never actually got around to it. Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, I read the first one. It's really good. Um, but it's, it's like hard sci-fi though. Oh right? yeah. So it's Red Mars, Green blue Mars, Mars, Blue Mars? Mars. Nope. It's Red yeah. Mars, Green Mars, Blue Mars. Uh, okay. I think I have all of them. Um, but I only ever read Red Mars. We might have talked about this before. And when I read it, I was looking for like sci-fi. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah. it's hard sci-fi where it's like just about the astronauts and kind of the socio-political stuff that goes into it. And I read the whole thing, and uh, I was like, that was good, but it wasn't what I wanted to be reading, so I gave it up. I like that Amber also put in there that our son said, "When Steve is dead, our neighbor." <laughs> When Steve's dead, I'm going to live there. It's Okay, you realize that if Steve died mysteriously, your son is the number one suspect. Now he is, because it's on the internet. What's his nuts? Is a good author. He is. Um, uh, would you be... We're, a, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, I, 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 it would... You know, there's the thing where it would sting a little bit to to not touch Mars, but I, 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 would, I would be more than... Why I'd be more than happy with just orbiting. Wait, finish what you were going to say before I interrupted you. Oh, I was going to go on like a, a just a little sci-fi tangent because mm-hmm. uh, one of our buddies um, is playing a, a Dyson Sphere sci-fi game. Um, in my like my my favorite sci-fi book of the last uh, decade that I've that I've read, like newer newer sci-fi. Uh, it's about a son that. May or may not have a Dyson sphere around it, hmm. and and, pe- and people going to research and find out what's happening, like why the star disappeared. Is that the one you keep telling me to read? Yeah, I just want mind somebody reading it. I'm gonna get to. I'll take anybody. Uh, Pandora's star. Somebody yes. read it. Every time Pandora's you say it, Pandora's star I, I, and Judas Unchained. That's that's the. Those are the two books. It's two books. They're really. They're really long, right? The audio books are like forty hours. They're not. That's I mean, a long. Let me get your page count here. Uh, Pandora's Star by Peter F. Hamilton. Uh, I don't care about the Commonwealth Saga. Just tell me the, tell me the, the first one, Pandora's Star. Ooh, uh, Amazon will tell me how many pages are in it, right? What's Ring World? It's about a ring. Around the world, uh, it's nine hundred ninety-two pages. That thing is big. So yeah, it, it's not it's not the shortest book in the world, but uh, it's it it has 
some some good sci-fi stuff some like good actual science has some a little bit of like fantasy stuff because it's dealing with you know we're at the point where we can reach that sort of stuff in there and there's some just some um some interesting like alien stuff that that may or may not play a part in certain things um but it's just a it's just a neat uh a neat really neat story i, I enjoyed it a lot this is a oh did, did, wait, did you did you read it wait what you guys have, have you, ta- you guys have talked about it before on the podcast. Damn it! That Schwad has. Oh, how did Schwad know the giant gold man? Did I bring him up? You I think have, I bring. I, th- I brought him up. You guys have talked about this before. There, I think this is the book where you were saying there was a moment and where you were like, "Yeah." Did it have to do with the giant gold man? There. Um, okay. Dave brought, Dave brought it up. Uh, they, there's a point in this book where it's just like, "Oh fuck, that guy is awesome." Yeah, when, <laughs> when, when a man who may or may not have golden skin. Okay. Like, punches a guy out of a building. <laughs> Spoilers. May. <laughs> it's, 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 at, it's, at, it's at, you know, page 700 in this 900-page book, so you'll forget by the time you get there. I, it's all you ever talk about. Oh, wait, it might be actually in the second book, so it might be at, like, page 1,500. Well, then, then I'll forget. <laughs> um, this is, it's the rant that, I, that I've had several times on this podcast. I don't want to sleep. Your book's great, Jeff. There's so much stuff I want to do, I don't want to sleep. If I had that extra eight hours, I could get so much more done. I feel like I cram so much stuff into my day. But, like, I don't know. I don't. I barely ever read for pleasure anymore because there's all this other stuff I want to do. Hmm. You know what I should probably do is I should probably spend a half hour at night reading instead of a half hour watching Strongman stuff on YouTube. There's a there's a trilogy of of books post uh, that take place of like a few hundred years after. So he, he wrote another another set. Like that trilogy is probably about as long, or maybe maybe even a little bit shorter than the, those two books combined. So it's a little bit, um, but it's about kind of they like they think there's something in like at the the supermassive black hole at the center of the universe, and so they're trying to yeah. So it's, it's about that instead. It's, it's neat. They're like they're, they're both they're both really fun, um, kind of like sci-fi series. How do they compare to Ilium and Olympus? They're not as like heady. Like I, I feel like Ilium Olympus, he's he's a little bit pretentious. Like he's he wants to prove he's smarter than you sometimes by by being like I know this much about Greek history and like Greek literature. That, and, yeah. Wait, um, are you saying that about Ilium and Olympus or this book? Yes, yeah, yeah, Ilium and Olympus. Yeah, okay. Which I, I, I still enjoy Ilium and Olympus because it was super, like, he's, he's very clever in the way he does some of that stuff. Um, Just but it's, do it. Um, it's, I, I like Pandora Star, Judas uh, Unchained better. Um. There, but man, like, there's, there's yeah. a lot of Gene Wolf I gotta reread. So, because not Alien Olympus, but what's the other one with the Shrike? What are you gonna read? You bought Shadow and Claw. Oh, no, I, I gotta read that at some point. It's one. It's it's anywhere. I just literally just keep forgetting to start. Like, I'll I'll think of other books and just be like, oh, that's right, dude. I the other <laughs> day, I was, I was playing. I was playing with Nemo in front of one of our bookshelves upstairs. Uh, I can't finish one. And I was looking at books and I was like, oh, I haven't read that book in like a decade. I should read that. And then. My bookshelves are full of books I've never read, but there's just some books that I'm like, oh, I want to reread that book. I uh, I remember getting genuinely like <laughs> like. Sorry, uh, I just read Wall of Beef's comment. 
um, like touch at moments. There, like there's so like there's some there's some points in like Hyperion when like when it or like uh, probably like Hyperion like fall off Hyperion. Like those two are kind of uh, one cohesive unit. Going into like some people's backstories about why they're on this, why they're on this journey, um, that are very good. So like I won't take anything away from that author, whatever his name is. Um, I can never remember if I how much I... Ilium mm-hmm. has the robots. We've done this a number of times on the podcast. Correct. It's but got yes, the robots. That's correct. It's got the Martian gods, the Greek gods on Mars. And yep. then it's got the portal hopping like Playboy. Yep. Okay. So I've never I've never actually tried to read Hyperion. Okay, yeah, yeah Hyperion's about like a But I'll try Pandora Star before I try that. Like a planet with like this thing that may or may not be some sort of like god, but he's like made of like spikes. The last book I read well, Hyperion starts with a guy driving a giant space organ, I thought. Yes. Yeah, okay. I've read the yep. start of Hyperion, like the first chapter. Uh, the last book I read for pleasure was Stranger in a Strange Land. It was good. It was very dated. It was mm. like some of the ideas in it were cool, like how do you handle the politics of a Martian uh, coming mm-hmm. to Mars and how do you handle... Uh, yeah, I don't want to give it too much away. It was good, but it was also dated in a lot of ways. Uh but I like that. And We're then, reading uh, Neuromancer right now. Who's we? Uh, uh, by uh, the my cabin buddies. Mm. So I got so we finished Dune and then watched Dune, and now we're gonna somebody picked Neuromancer, so we're gonna read Neuromancer and then watch Johnny Mnemonic. Um, oh. But man, William Gibson just knew things about what the future like. Like he invented so many of these things. Like well, so many of these terms are just his. Like he just. It's, it's it's insane. Him and Philip like K. How, how, how prescient he was. Him and Philip K. Dick were something to behold in that realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a good grasp of like what a slightly more futuristic thing. Uh, Neuromancer. It's a a, a, a brain mancer. Neuro- <laughs> Neuromancer is the book that starts out uh, the 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 sky was the color of a TV turned to a static station or something like that, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which maybe doesn't translate to. It, uh, young, that that uh, like the forward before the book now is him talking about that like he's like he's like I'm not sure if you know some of you kids that like maybe reading this in like the 2000s are going to quite know what static <laughs> on a TV is. Um. Yeah. Dune was fine. The best sci-fi I've read in a while. Non Gene Wolf. Well, gee, yeah, non Gene Wolf. Okay. Uh, Gene Wolf, I always think is like sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, that makes sense. I would, I would, I would agree with that. He's mostly sci-fi fantasy. Uh, the best sci-fi I've read is a book of short stories called "The Dog Said Bow Wow." I think everybody should read it. It's full of just. It's one of the things I love about it is it's not it's not all dour, kind of pictures of the future. It's just it like some of it's way out there, and then some of it's like really cool, fun fun ideas about the future or like uh kind of in the the Stainsaw Lem Solaris vein of things of like contacting a planet that is cognizant uh 
there's things like that. It's the dogs at Bow Wow. It's, <clears throat> I mean, it's one of the best things I've read, like you said, in the past decade. Uh, my friend Piotr from Poland sent it to me. It was awesome. Ver- versus um, Story of Your Life, uh, better than that as a, as a collection? Better than Stories of Your Life? In terms of what? In terms of sci-fi? Just like overall, overall like quality of like a, like a short story book. No, Stories of Your Life is better. But still, but still very good, though. In like terms of... Like and it's ter- all sci-fi? So, I would say if you put in order the way that my... The way I like books, mm-hmm. the tippy-top is going to be literary. Like, it's going to be... Is, it, is the prose beautiful... Is the structure amazing? Like the the literary aspects are going to be the number one on that list. Which uh, David Chang Chang Chan? What's his name? The guy who wrote uh, Chang Chang. Um, wait, I don't know that I started a book called Authority. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so all of you had yeah yeah yeah, t- yeah Ted Chang Chang. Ted, not David, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's, like that's the, the chef. Wall of Beef said, sounds like if I read these, I will watch less luge and bobsled competitions from a decade ago. Not sure I can do that. That's Ooh, how that's it, tough. I wouldn't give that up for, that's I how I, it for anything. That's how I feel about my stupid strongman things. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I did finish Authority. I liked that. I got to get the third book. I had completely forgotten about that. Oh, Hard to stack up versus Annihilation. Uh, different. It's way okay. different. It's okay. more. It's more of like a. It's almost like a who done. Not a who done it. It's almost like a hard boiled detective novel. It's really weird. Following our characters from the first. So no, kind of the first. Okay. The first one, if I remember correctly, is written in third person. Or is it the other way around? Now I'm. Well, I'm trying. Re- I'm trying to picture it right now. Now I'm having trouble remembering. I feel like it's only from her point of view, isn't it? Okay, so then the second one is third person. It's sixth pithin person. <laughs> sixth pithin. Sixth pithin, fifth moth oath. Uh, I also liked Walby's comment. Gene Wolfe is like, if you mix Jetsons and Flintstones. You got um, chocolate my peanut butter. That's, see, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's, you, have, you have chocolate, sci-fi, fantasy peanut butter. I Both great. What is that? Is did somebody make that comment? No, but uh, that's 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 Justin and Flintstones. Okay. Both great. You mix them, you mix them in the wrong amounts. Not doesn't just doesn't do it. It's like why don't you eat them separately? But when they're mixed correctly, it's a work of art. That's Gene Wolfe. Uh, yes, I did like it. It's a lot different than the first, and I can see where Schwat was like it's you might as well be filing paperwork because I mean, a lot of it is like the main character looking at paperwork. Uh, but it, the author does a really good job of like, uh, kind of writing an unreliable narrator who is start like, who starts to question whether or not they're unreliable. Oh, interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're kind of questioning whether or not they're unreliable because of what's happening at this facility. It's just, it was really, it was really cool to see the expanse of it, but it's just so much different from Annihilation. Uh, but it kind of keeps that same tone of Annihilation of like 
questioning the reality, the underlying. Right, right, yeah, like, like who are you? Like what makes you you? Right. Yeah, it's it, it was good, and I want to read the third one. I had I don't that had completely skipped my mind. I think, like they're, they're not super long either. Like I, I, no. might, I might just I might just jump through authority. To be fair, they are kind of forgettable. Like they're not. I don't think they're they're not like in, you know, in a hundred years, people might still be talking about some of the sci-fi that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those books are just kind of like they don't break any molds. Does that make sense? No, they're they 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 they're the sort of book that that he uses like a sci-fi setting as a character study. Like it's 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 not like high sci-fi going after like you know planets and travel. He's using I think it's the other way around. To, to, He's to, using to really characters kind of to to study a sci-fi setting. I think that well, I feel like the 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 sci-fi setting is is turning a mirror on the characters. Hmm. I guess we disagree. Um, I more huh. feel I more feel like he was using the characters to explore. He was using the characters and their kind of crudely constructed backstories to explore the idea of losing oneself to some some kind of alienness. That's how I felt. Yeah, but I I, 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 I thought it was like the the alienness in themselves is what it was is what they were discovering. Like they they it was them coming to terms with that's interesting what what makes them themselves by see by basically yeah. But that's still that's that's, that's, that's the point of the the shimmer though. Like you, it's it's both it's both the things we it's both our ideas of it. Well, what I was going to say is it's still the it's still using the characters to explore the alienness. It's just not, it's the alienness yes. within themselves. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a character study is, in my opinion, it's more something like what Jonathan Franzen writes, where it's like literally just about ordinary everyday people. If you read freedom, it's about like, uh, an investor and a musician, or I can't remember what the husband does in that story, but an investor musician. I love that. It, like it's just, tropes. it's about people. Or if you read, this side of paradise or things like that. It's, it's, it's exploring people and their relationships more than it is exploring a major theme. In my opinion, uh, Jonathan sure. Branson would probably be mad if I said that. Sure. Uh, but to go back a couple of steps. Okay. So space travel, Ted Chang, Ted, uh, he's just, he, his prose is so beautiful. Like he writes so eloquently Correct. He and with such power that those short stories are better than the short stories in the dogs at Bow Wow. I would even say that those short stories are better than my favorite Gene Wolfe collection of short stories up in the old hotel. Oh, uh, I mean Ted Chan. That it's probably the best collection of short stories I've ever read. But it's because yeah, I 100 agree with you on that. I read the. The other ones. He's such a powerful writer. How many collections of short? Most people don't read short stories. That's the thing. I haven't read. I haven't read a lot of okay. collections. I may, I may have started too high though. I'm just going to be let down now. <laughs> but in terms of sci-fi, the dog said "Bow Wow" is is okay, like tenfold better. I mean, it's you know, it's not leaps and bounds, but it's mm-hmm. it's the the sci-fi that's explored is explored much better than in Ted Chang's, but it's almost like, like building a, a character in an RPG 
where it's like Ted Chiang, his 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 prose and literary prowess is pumped up so high that kind of the the his ability to explore sci-fi stuff is subdued. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in the dog said Bow Wow, the prose isn't that great and the characters aren't that great, but the 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 kind of science themes that are explored are are much higher. Mm-hmm. Where like the first story in the dog said Bow Wow there's literally like a talking dog in it and it's just kind of hokey. <clears throat> um, and the, the end of that, the, I, I won't spoil it, but the end of that first short story, which is called the dog said bow wow. The end of that short first short story is like, well, that's, it's just kind of like a hokey dorky ending, mm-hmm. but the idea that's being explored in it is really cool. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's th- that was what I loved about it. Uh, there's another one about space miners, and like it explores the contracts that people would have to sign in order to go mine on distant planets and asteroids. Hmm. It's just really cool. It's they're all, they're almost more thought experiments than they are. Same guy, huh? Same guy wrote them all. Yeah, the dog said Bow Wow is. The, I don't. Uh, I don't actually know the author. Like I said, my friend Piotr sent it to me. Um, it's Piotr. It's Piotr. Read, read, read my short stories, Adam. The dog said, "Bow wow." Michael Swanwick, <laughs> um, who I've never heard of before that, and he just sent it to me and was like, "I really think you would like this," <laughs> uh, and I really did. Um, but yeah, it's almost more thought experiment than it is. I like that. Uh. It's yeah, it's like just using short stories to do thought experiments. So his focus doesn't seem to be a lot on the literary side. No, I, I'm, I'm I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's very cool. I'd I'd recommend it to anybody uh, who's interested in that kind of stuff. There's another. I don't. I bear. I want to say barely anything about it. There's just this other one where there's these three people who are studying a planet, and the like the interactions that they have with the planet is they're. Very, very cool. Um, and then going back or forward from there, I don't remember where it came up, but there's a, I may have brought this up on the podcast before, but there is a, I have it. I bought, I found it once at a used bookstore and I was like, fuck. And I bought it right away. Uh, I don't know how rare it is, but I had thought like I had kind of coveted it for a while. It's called the exegesis of Philip K. Dick. And it is. So Philip K. Dick had like locked himself away and he was convinced he had discovered like the number if i'm remembering correctly that explained the universe or maybe that's maybe i'm mixing that with douglas adams he had he was convinced he had dis- like discovered a way to explain the entire universe mm-hmm. and like locked himself away i think it was towards the end of his life and was like writing all these different things and basically these people compiled it and it's a fucking textbook it's like this thick and this big, it's called the Exegesis of Philip K. Dick, and it's such an undertaking. And I found it when Amber was pregnant, and then had my first kid and another kid since then. So I've never had like the actual time you need to <laughs> sit down with that fucking thing. And I don't know if I will until like my kids are in high school, because it, it's a textbook. Like I know I'm going to be on a highlighting and putting flags in it and shit like that. It it. It's huge, but it's it seems so fascinating to me. Not like I think I'm going to read it and be like, oh, my God, I understand the universe, but it's more going to be like, 
what was going on in the brain of one of the best science fiction authors of all time? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of fascinated and compelled by that. Yeah, he's a good guy, you know. I don't know if this is going to. I, 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 haven't, I haven't read nearly as many books as you, but I really enjoyed Rendezvous with Rama. That was a that was a neat book. Who wrote that? I thought that was him. Wait, why? Why I, did I don't understand? That better be him. I don't understand your preamble to that sentence. Oh, like I, I haven't I haven't read. Oh, sorry, that's true. That's Archie Clark. Damn it. Okay. Uh, I, I've. I don't think you have to read a bunch of books to appreciate a book. No, no, but I don't. I don't have the breadth of um, uh, like multiple books by multiple authors. I, I haven't. I haven't, mm. I haven't been enjoying reading as long. Well, I haven't read a ton of Philip K. Dick. I discovered. I discovered way back in the day. I was on a bulletin board. Uh, BBS. And I discovered a this thing about cyberpunk uh before it was a you know video game now but and i was like what is cyberpunk and i learned that blade runner was a basically a short story called the android's dream of electric sheep and then somebody just posted they're like here's the short story and they just posted it mm-hmm. as a pdf or something i uh, this was i was like this is probably 2002 2001 2002 right in there sure and i read that and then uh Gip, William Gibson came up and was just like I, I but I haven't read I haven't read a bunch of Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Man in the High Castle. Yep. Uh, his, I think it's the only the only Dick I've read. Actually, I'm trying to think of other ones that I may have. His books have really weird kind of long titles like that. Like Do Androids <laughs> Dream of Electric Sheep? The Man in the High Castle. Uh what's well whatever i'm not gonna sit here and doesn't matter you know, you know what kind of but I, 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 I haven't read a bunch of philip k dick but i'm fascinated by the story that's behind the exegesis of philip k dick yeah 100 oh, um i might sure i'll be able to like illegally download the first episode or whatever whenever it comes out um but foundation is going to be a like a an apple plus show or apple tv whatever 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 the apple stuff is called and i don't know how the fuck you make that anything of a uh into people that's i think it's one of those kind of like unfilmable things that people have wanted to make foundation for decades just don't do but it how, how, the, how the fuck do you make foundation into a tv series there's just the i don't like know. The, the beauty of the way TV is right now is that some of these harder books are a little bit easier to conquer because you can just do eight hours of television. That definitely helps. You're not wrong. But still, some things are impossible to like truly translate well um, to to the visual medium, as they as they might say. I don't know. I'm just I'm more of a fan. I feel like such a curmudgeon. I'm more of a fan of somebody doing something like uh, the Watchmen series. Like they took mm-hmm. it, they took an intellectual property and they just expanded on it in an awesome way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it was unique and awesome and told this great story. Yep, about they, they, they the, used the crazy universe they and they built also, their own. They also told great stories about a part of America that needs a story told about it. Mm-hmm. Like. 
that's the th- like uh, and maybe that's a part of it for me is like the foundation has been told as as well as it's going to be told you know it's like people say all the time don't ever try to cover the beatles mm-hmm. like joe cocker did it the best arguably chat can chime in if they disagree but like has, has anybody covered the beatles well besides joe cocker you know she <laughs> so it's not just a clever name uh like the nobody's gonna tell the foundation better it's just not gonna work i don't need to see dune as a movie like i'm probably never ever gonna watch that and i and i i i, I am for i am because it, it, it looks amazing and i and it's sicario guy like i i have i i I trust in his vision, so I'm, I I will. I really want to see what the, what the fuck he can do. I did not know that. I'll trust you if you tell me I should really see it. Then you know, seven years from now, I'll watch it. Yeah, we'll, we'll rent a theater out because I I yeah, we'll use your your Dogecoin money. There's no way that when <laughs> if, 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 the, if theaters are the same way they are in March oh, yeah. or in May when Fast and Furious comes out. We're, we're all we're all we're all chipping in. We're we're paying the AMC fee of like well, two hundred and fifty dollars, and we're getting the theater. We'll and have, we're going. We'll have to pay Matt's part for him, but we'll do that. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll 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 do that one solid for him. We will. Uh, but we will get a theater. and We will go watch Fast and Furious. I a hundred percent would do that. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I get anxious talking about this stuff now. Because uh, I I get worried that I'm coming off condescending, and I really don't mean to be, mm-hmm. or coming off douchey or holier than thou or anything. But uh, Javin's not in chat tonight to make me feel bad about it, though. So that's that's a plus. Um, Who's gonna step up? Come on, guys. <laughs> or Javin's just been lurking. Yeah, he's been he's been just <laughs> biding his time. That was I was figuring out whether or not Javin was here. I was just throwing that out there to. Mm-hmm. Um, Kibi says, I feel when you translate a book or a movie, you lose out on a lot of what makes the book so incredible. Yeah. I mean, and it, there are things that do it right. Like the Lord of the Rings movies are really good. Uh, I would say, movies. Excellent. I would say uh, the Two Towers movie is f- far, far superior to the book. The Two Towers is the most boring book in that series. Um. But what I was going to say is like, I don't need to see Dune as a movie. Dune, the book is there. I can go read Dune. Um, I don't need to see like another, like, you remember, I don't know if they're still doing it, but like they remade the Lion King and they remade mm-hmm. Aladdin. Uh, and I just don't, it seems so uncreative and like such an obvious money grab that I don't, I just don't need any part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's kind of like what we've talked about before. And I, I wish big J was here. Cause big J and I have had conversations about it too, where I don't know. I'm putting this way. Big J lives that way. Uh, there are so many more stories from people that need to be told. Uh, that that's what I loved so much about the Watchmen is they, they did take like kind of classical story archetypes, but they fit somebody's a different perspective into them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm mostly interested in with regards to movies or books or TV is 
there are avenues for me to explore through empathy somebody else's experience. And so, like, when they're just telling these same stories over and over again, it just is, like, it's the same thing, like, what we thought with Sicario. Where with Mm -hmm. Sicario, we thought it was just traffic again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, we've seen traffic. We've seen... We've seen these movies. I don't need to see it. But then it it told an, an old story from a new perspective. And that was really compelling and fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that, that's all I'm looking for from media now. Yeah. Like, like I think the only way that, because like there were, there were parts in foundation where like, I went, Oh man, that's so fucking cool. Right. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe he did that to me. Um, He's it's a so genius. clever. Like, you're, 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 you're too smart. Um, and there's no way the TV show will do that. One, because I know it's coming. And, like, two, because it, like, it, just, it just wouldn't be the same. So, like, the only way I feel like an experience like, like the Foundation can exist is if they know the entirety of the Foundation series and they just tell, a, like, a, a story on a similar, on a similar path as... The books are, but, but like, I, that's the thing. I can't think of a way they can do it. Just read, it the, I don't just know. read the books. I don't. Yeah. I don't need the visual. I can. I mean, so Thirty Six Ninjas isn't in here, but he's talked about it before. Where he's playing Dyson Sphere. He doesn't. He doesn't picture what's happening in his mind. So I mean, oh, that, yeah. You know, I guess there is an argument against what I'm saying. Where like some people actually want. I don't. I don't need the picture because when I read the book, I picture it in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't I don't need a as a movie. But if there are people who they don't not no images form in their mind when they're reading it, then I could see yeah, actually really wanting a movie. So maybe I should just shut up. Like that's the thing. Like there's still something great about a really well done um, not recreation adaptation. Like there there were points in those first few seasons of uh, uh, Game of Thrones where it's like. Man, like it, they they just took all the cool shit that I remember from the book, and they just gave me all the cool shit again, but with cool looking people doing cool looking shit on screen. It it, it was and it was like doubly cool. Uh, so it, was, it 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 just kind of built on my love of what like remembering reading it and seeing it again um, was almost like remembering it because it was done so well. So it's almost so as opposed to like it's it's it was yeah it was it was almost like watching my own like memory of the book just in my head but just like right there on the screen so like if it's done well like it, it can really work but that doesn't happen very often that it's it's man like it's that yeah adapting a, a work of literature especially like a highly regarded one must be like the scariest thing you have to be, you have to be like the cockiest director in the world be like yeah i got this yeah i struggle I, I, I can do it i struggle to think of a movie or you have the or you have the writer of the book working with you like that was um uh like what's his face uh is it sci-fi or fantasy but fincher fincher wrote gone girl with gillian flynn that's gotta like, be they, why they that's, wrote, that's gotta be why that's so good exactly that's that's why the movie works so well because she wrote the movie with like it's like um and like george r railroad like he was you know really involved with the production of those tv shows early on like you know it's like so I that I'm sure that helped. Is he, he, like, is he like, ever going to? Is he ever going to publish that last one? <laughs> the last two? 
two? Wait, when's the winter in the Wolves of Spring? Those are far away, my friend. I don't. I didn't bother to read those. That was one where I was. No, I was, no one has. That was one where I was thankful. Or sorry, the first part mm-hmm. of the. Yeah. That was one where I was thankful for the TV series because I was like, man, I don't, these books are all massive, and I. I do you like a long time ago? Leaf recommended. He actually gave me mm-hmm. the first. Uh, he gave me a Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was like, you should read this. And I. A song of fire and ice. I got. Uh, 250 to 300 pages into it and like the names were getting confusing for me that's where man the show helped me in that first book and i just so gave much. up on it and then the show came out and i was like well i like the show enough i don't feel like i need to read the books and i just i know i'll never read those books amber's yeah, read them I, amber's read them all and loved them i started reading the first book and then i started watching the first season of the show because it was almost the same thing like Braun, brand bro bro like who are these people but then, like, when I can start right, putting right, the right, pictures right. of the show, like, it's like, oh, now I know who all these characters are. Then, but then, yeah, then I just uh, really enjoyed going through the the Dance of Dragons there. Amber's been devouring the Last Kingdom books. She's been really liking those. Amber, are you still in chat? She's been... Is that, is that a TV show? That's the TV show that we love. Oh, yeah. Uh... Netflix? Yeah. And so we got we got big time into that show... Uh, we still need to watch the fourth season, but for for Christmas, I bought Amber the entire series. It's like nine books. She's been going through those like crazy. Yeah, I really, I really should read before bed. If I read for a half hour or forty, because usually before bed I'll watch like Martin's Lisi's is a strong man. I'll watch some of his stuff. Uh, Juji hasn't put out anything in a while. I don't know what's going on with them, but something's got to be. Did he attack the Capitol? No, I hope they're not those guys, but they very well could be. I have no idea. I mean, nothing they've ever produced has led me to believe that they are those guys. Uh, it's the only thing I think that somebody be like disappeared for like. <laughs> I think I think that Tom, uh, Boyden, from I think that he just had some family stuff. Doesn't necessarily have to be like drama but there was an there was one episode where he was just like he said making videos has been hard because i've had to go back to wisconsin for some family stuff and there was like two or three videos ago and i mean they were consistently like two to three videos a week on like Mm -hmm. i don't i couldn't tell you what specific dates they were but i know that like two or three times a week they would release a new video and now it's just there's been nothing juji has stuff on his instagram but there's just been nothing so some something's going on there, and you know none of my business. But nope. so uh, sometimes I'll watch, or at night I'll watch like Martin's Lisi's. Uh, I'll watch Juji stuff. Uh, there's another guy whose name I'm gonna blank on. Fuck. The, just anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, sometimes I or not sometimes. Most nights I will do about a half hour. 45 minutes of uh just watching strongman shit before bed and i really should just read you know there was a long time where i didn't let myself uh do any screen time before bed because mm-hmm. i struggled with sleep for so long i think that all the phones and ipads and computers putting the blue light filter mm. on their computers i think that has helped 
but also just learning how to eat right, exercising regularly, and not having coffee like afternoon. Those three things have also made such a dramatic difference that even if I mm-hmm. watch, uh, even if I'm using my phone or an iPad right before bed, I still fall asleep relatively easy now. Um, Amber says, yes, Dan, Game of Thrones show totally helped me read the book with all the characters. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I would probably read way more books uh, if I just read before bed instead of watching those stupid videos because they're all the same thing they really i mean want to become famous buy followers fuck off bigfollows.com ban no padunkron 2092 (laughs) padunkacorn padunicorn pd unicorn pd unicorn 292 that's how you that's how you read that number <laughs> uh oh kimmy that's a great idea reading before bed is one of the things i've been doing uh for refresh february it helps me sleep a whole lot better <laughs> what the fuck guys i was almost famous kimmy that's a great idea uh mm-hmm. i don't know if you do struggle with sleep but i struggled with sleep for a long time and one of the things that helped me Two of the big things for me was I don't I wouldn't drink anything before bed for like an hour before bed because if I woke up to pee in the middle of the night I would have a lot of trouble falling back asleep and then another one was I used to have, like be really strict about not having any screen time before bed uh and reading before bed definitely helped and it it's just it's just a better habit than that's what I was just saying is the It's all like it's all the same things. It's just deadlifting and squatting, and you know, they're just, maybe they're doing it in a different way, or I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what dopamine release I get from it, but I definitely do. I've noticed there are times when they're like going for really heavy weight, and they take their big deep breath in, and then they go down for their squat. My chat is totally crapping out. It just says connecting the chat. Is our stream still up? Yeah. Um, they take their big breath in to like brace. Mm-hmm. I'll find myself going like, so there is something and Amber brought it up the other day where there is, there is some form of like learning that you can get from watching people do things. There's some sort of empathetic, uh, she can throw it in chat if she knows what it's called. How we've learned for centuries. There's some sort of, before em- we could read. there's some sort of empathetic response. Yeah that happens and so when i'm watching them do it i know there's a part of it that's that and that it is i mean it's it is mildly addicting which is why i've watched some of these people squat and do shit like that over and over again but it would be better to just read before bed i kind of don't want to right now i'm happy the way things are going that's perfectly all right it is that's perfectly all right me and uh me and half down by the schoolyard me and half of <laughs> We're talking about that today that uh like trying to learn how to ride the wave of because i've just i felt like i've been in a rut for neurological mirroring i think that's right amber says there's a word for like neurological mirroring or something uh i don't know if have a lab still in here 
but we were talking about it today where I'm just I'm getting better at kind of riding the wave of so like last Friday felt great all day. Okay. After leg day felt like a total stud. Like mm-hmm. just uh you know just I've been do that thing where, you, where, you held, where you held your pant leg up and went, You seen this? Yes. I'll find myself doing that, like just flexing my leg. Uh just felt great and the, uh, partially felt great. I'll throw it in movie night every once in a while and nobody in there lifts. So nobody cares, but it's just fun to have somebody to brag to. Exactly. Like I don't understand what those numbers mean, but so that's fine. I, I throw it in there. Well, the bigger part to me is like, I it's, they're not super impressive numbers because that's not what I'm going for, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's no, there's pain. no pain. There's no pain. Mm-hmm. That's the big part because there's always been like knee pain or hip pain or my shoulder pain. And so doing those weights with no pain is a much bigger deal now. So anyways, not to go off on a tangent, Friday I felt great. Mm-hmm. And then it was like kind of slowly over the weekend. Of It was just brutal cold and we were stuck inside all weekend. Mm-hmm. And then like Tuesday I woke up and I said to you guys at work, I was like, I'm just fucking, I'm in a bad mood. And I, have n- I literally had no reason to be. Mm-hmm. Just zero reason to be. I slept fine. Like there was just... No reason other than it was it's been really cold. Uh and so it's been like that all week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then today. Like I wake up and I'm just crabby and my family seems crabby. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know why roll is it raisin? Are you is, is, poison? Is somebody pointing is, a, is somebody poisoning you? Is somebody pointing a gun at you? Is that a code? It's a town. Hold on. Are you kidnapped? Do you live in India? Town. Are you in India, Rob? Uh, I Yeah, I've just... Like, everybody in my house has been waking up grumpy, and we've just kind of been grumpy and shorter with each other than we normally are. But I was talking with Happy Blapper today and just kind of saying, like, I am good spell. <laughs> The big brain I'm winning again. Uh, did I say raisin and not even realize it? Because I, I will sub that in sometimes when I say reason. I don't remember. I may have just I, I <laughs> might I may have had enough beard and yeah. not realize it and robbed it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, cabin fever, Kibby. That's a mm-hmm. that's a good one. Also, uh, staff and students are back in buildings now, and so that's it's just like I'm. It's a new routine again Mm -hmm. and changing routines for me a person who loves routine is it just and i even told amber last week i was like the next few weeks i might be like a little crankier than normal because we're doing this massive computer deployment right now which throws you know it just gives me less time in my day because my day is so much structured by meeting with teachers to make sure their computers are ready Mm -hmm. uh plus this is the first week where we have staff and students back and that's been really hectic. So like there are reasons, right? But what Happy Blabber and I were talking about today is that both of us, I think is one of the reasons Happy Blabber and I have bonded so well over the years is because we're both like anxious and we both are always like, well, I'm just not doing this right or I'm not doing this enough or I'm not like trying to get out of it or, and that's what, 
that's what we were talking about today is I was just saying, I feel like I've gotten really good, not really good, but I've gotten good at riding, just riding the wave of those bad days and just saying Mm -hmm. like, there doesn't have to be a reason and I don't have to do anything to get out of them, but I'm just going to have bad days. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm just going to have days where I'm grumpy and everybody around me is grumpy for some reason. And a part of it's probably because I'm grumpy and some of it might be like Kibi's saying cabin fever and atmospheric and it's fucking cold and the winter's long and gray. And, but so, like, so you're just, you just have bad days some sometimes and there doesn't have to be a reason for it. Or I, mm-hmm. there's almost certainly is a reason for it, but I don't have to figure out what it is. Whereas my, you know, I almost used to make yes. it worse and prolonged by trying to figure out what's the reason and mm-hmm. like trying to will myself into a better mood and it just doesn't work. It would just make no. me more miserable. Because all of a sudden you're more upset that you can't will yourself into a better mood. It's right. Like, <laughs> Instead of just going like, who knows? Tomorrow, I'll be fine the day. tomorrow I might work out and, and then again I'll feel great and then I'll feel mm-hmm. great for four or five days straight and then I'll have two days where I feel down but the thing that I would, this is a really, I, I even said to Habit I was like, I hate to even put it in this perspective because I feel super douchey, but mm-hmm. since the GameStop thing, you and I have both been looking into stock market stuff more. And in reading uh, Benjamin Graham's The Intelligent Investor, mm-hmm. one of the things that consistently comes up there is like, don't pay attention to the market day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, because the market is always going like this right? Mm -hmm. And you'll freak yourself out of stuff if you're paying attention. But if Mm -hmm. you pay attention to the 10 year, the 20 year, the 30 year, the 40 year, the 50 year view of the market, it's going like this. It's just going right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I have a blabber even said, he was like, damn it. I hate that you're right about this analogy, but that over the past 10 years, that has been my mental health. Mm-hmm. Over ten years in time, my mental health has has gone like this. You know, my mm-hmm. my ability to be a like reliable good person in my relationships has gone like this with my friends or my wife or whoever. Mm-hmm. Just like all of that stuff has gone up over time, and so it's it's not it's just allowing myself to have down days. A hundred percent, and like that, that's a. That, that's a that's a, that's a very good realization i think that's that's a good that's a good way to think about that that like it's you know it's because they like how we're into that like just you know on the stock tangent like it's like oh man it's like the market's been open for 10 minutes and the line looks crazy but it's like <laughs> oh that's like like a half percentage point and that's like a minute and a half like that's why that line looks so crazy yeah if you're looking at the stock charts in that amount of time yeah, it's like, oh wait, let's just yeah, like okay, no, it's fine. I've noticed that too, where you're like, I'm look you're looking at the five minute view and you're like, oh my god. But then if you go and look at the day view, you're like, oh, it's still up. Mm-hmm. On the on the day, it's still up. But if you go look mm-hmm. at five minutes, it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh yeah, it has it has been really helpful. I think it's also helpful. Uh the other day Amber was just having a shitty day and was just crabby. And she just said, She's like, I'm just I'm crabby right now and I need to just say it because it'll help me. And I think it helped her, but it also just helped everybody else. 
Because mm. I th- what, she phrased it in a way that was like, I'm not crabby yet. Anybody here, nobody is doing anything wrong, but I'm just crabby and in a bad mood. And for me, who like, when people are crabby around me, I always think it's because of something I've done mm-hmm. or a lack of something that I'm doing. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, yeah. well, I must not be doing this enough because if I was doing this enough, they wouldn't be crabby, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me to just hear like, oh, she's just crabby and she doesn't know why, but it's not because I'm a bad husband. It's not because I'm a bad father. It's not, be- you know, like it's nothing I've done. It just, it allows me to be way more empathetic instead of defensive. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that, 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 makes, that makes perfect sense. So just even acknowledging it and just saying like, I'm in a bad mood and I don't know why has helped me to be like less short with my wife and kids or even mm-hmm. my friends. Yeah, like like that that that. This is like I I don't know enough about Joe Rogan or any of that stuff, but there there can be a danger sometimes in like the way I think that he and some of his people see the world, where it's like if you're not feeling good or not lifting enough, it's it's you. Like there's like this thing, like there's like there's something wrong with you that day, and you need to fix it. Like it's like whereas whereas what you're it's it's no, it's like you just could be bad that day. That's fine. You're allowed to be that bad. You're, you you can be like that. You can't be alpha all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think that's the trap that you can fall into with with that kind of thinking, and I definitely have. Is that the idea? And I think that I think that in the beginning, and I have a uh, big J said something kind of not in defense of Rogan, but he was listening to something from Rogan the other day. Uh, and was just kind of saying he did a good job of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in listening to those things, it's the thing that I feel like he specifically has lost focus on is it's not it's not so much, yeah, about... Good idea. It's not so much about, like, you're wrong that day, but it it's like you being off that day is not a reason to skip on the things that you need to be consistent on. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So like yesterday, I just wasn't feeling my workout, which by the way, so I got my bench assembled now and I have my rack and I Mm -hmm. have my bar and my weights. And it's, so I just pack my little stupid lunch and I bring it to work in the morning and then I leave and because we get an hour for break, I do my workout and then I just go right back to work and I eat my lunch like right after my workout because it's just perfect because I live so close mm-hmm. to work. Uh, that was awesome. So on Wednesday, I came home and I did my workout, but I just wasn't feeling it. Like I just wasn't – I just wa- – I, I even messaged Big J because the week before I was – I benched way more and – this week I struggled. I didn't, I had to pull my weight back because I couldn't on my third set. So I do four sets on bench on my third set. I jumped up by 20 pounds, which is what I normally do. I got one rep out and then I went to do the second one and I just couldn't get it. So I had to pull my weight back. Uh, and it was frustrating, but I, the point is like on the things that you need to be consistent on, like exercise, just, because that's the example I'm using. You don't use having a bad day as a reason to not do the thing that's good for you. Mm-hmm. You just do it 
to a smaller degree. Whereas like last Wednesday when I did my, my push day, I felt great. And I, I hit a PR on my bench, you know, personal record, mm-hmm. uh, PB, PB, PR, uh, and this week I just had to pull it back, but the idea is that, and I'm like, I'm sore as fuck today. So I did a good job, but the idea is that, yeah, you're, it's not a reason. It's not a reason to, and that was something I had to learn from like 25 to 30 to 35, right? Is like having a bad day. Isn't a reason to run the train off the rails mm-hmm. where that's what it used to be. It was like, well, I'm just having a bad day. So I'm going to, eat shitty food and I'm not going to exercise and I'm going to play video games all like it, it was a reason to just do everything shitty instead of just saying like, well, I'm just going to pull back and do this to the degree to which I'm capable of doing it today. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I would, I would run, run into that, uh, your squat rack thing with my, like biking because like I would, I would hit like a plateau where it's like okay like this the the time it would take me to do this hill would be like 12 minutes 30 12 10 12 40 like it like I, it I wasn't necessarily like advancing and that was hard for my brain to accept at first it's like oh like it's like you you can't just get that much fast like that much better that much quicker like you're you're not gonna like that the number is not gonna just shoot down like you're not you're not biking at Olympic level all of a sudden right like, well it doesn't <laughs> it won't go down forever yeah exactly like eventually you will plateau yep uh unless you started to do things like change your diet take pre-workout i mean yeah vitamin anderson says running plateaus are the same Mm -hmm. it's it's the same for any exercise you're going to plateau Mm -hmm. so one thing that i've picked up from juji uh and that's been another big thing for me is like is realizing i'm i'm not i'm not a bodybuilder i'm not a strong man i'm not any of those things so i don't need to take it to that degree but Mm -hmm. i actually built for the first time in my life i've built a program for myself now that i have this stuff at home so I've done eight weeks of the same program of I have a push day, a pull day, and a leg day, right? Uh, and I've done the same exercises on those days, give or take, for eight weeks. Sure. Um, and the only reason I say give or take is because, like, sometimes, like, the quad extension wouldn't be available, so I'm doing goblet squats with my heels elevated, which... Still, I won't tell anyone. Which still hits your quads more than anything, but it doesn't isolate because you're still doing a full body movement. Whereas if you do quad extensions, you're literally just isolating your quads. Um, but now the next two weeks, I've built a completely different program, which is kind of a bummer because I finally have my whole home gym set up. But I'm doing a completely different program I built with kettlebells, sandbags. I have this thing that's called a tension rod that has like up to a hundred pounds of force that you kind of squeeze or bend in different ways. You can look at a movie star. I get it. So I have push pull and legs. It's still that I'm still trying to hit those target movements, but the resistance I'm using is different and I'm going to do that for two weeks. But because I'm doing that for two weeks, then when I go back and the idea is eventually to do it for more than two weeks, I'm just experimenting with it for two weeks. So the idea is that, you would cycle through your 
programming so that for like six weeks you do just the traditional push pull legs so you're doing bench press deadlift squat lap pull down things like that just normal things and then for the next six weeks you're doing all body weight stuff so ring dips ring rows push-ups incline push-ups decline you know whatever uh and then when you go back to doing the traditional bench press, deadlift, squat, they will have gone down because your nervous system isn't like programmed, for lack of a better term, to do those movements with that weight. So you'll have to pull your weight back and then move up to the weight again. But the idea is that you're, tr- you're tricking your brain to constantly be giving yourself goals. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because and, and, and you're... And you're- you're 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 doing other things to your body like you're not like that that can only be good right that's the other part of it is that if you're just year after year just only doing doing squats doing squats deadlifts and bench press you're a gonna plateau on that stuff and b like your your rom your range of motion there's so much your body you're not hitting it's gonna get really shitty because that's all you're Mm -hmm. doing so like one Mm -hmm. of the things i'm doing is i have the sandbag, I'm going to start it at 40 pounds and I think it can go up to 80. Uh, but you just fill it with more sand, obviously. So, so, what, so one one row or one Nemo? No, I don't think... Yeah, what do they weigh? I don't think Nemo's 80 pounds yet. He, he might, will be, though. He might be 40. I honestly have no idea what he weighs. Uh, He's a small dog, okay. Nemo's dense as fuck. But I'm going to start it with 40 and one of the things I'm going to do is so you hold it to your, like you hold it to your chest mm-hmm. and you squat with it. Okay. That'll be an exercise I do. Another one is you start with it on the ground and you you pick it up on your shoulder and then you put it and you pick it up on your shoulder. So it's kind of like a deadlift for lack of a better explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 80 pounds is like a 90. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I was kind of saying with your biking is like eventually you're going to plateau. You're just – unless you change certain things or start taking – enhancement supplements like you're just never going to get any faster than that but if you go you know if that was like your what you were going for in the winter and then you go Mm -hmm. bike in the summer you'll it's it's cool because you'll have new goals that you want to hit in the summer right Mm -hmm. and then if you're goal oriented which i am and then when it comes to winter maybe your times are different and you then you're moving to try to hit different times again Mm mm-hmm that kind of stuff is nerdy and fun to me. Oh no, it's 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 um it's great, but that that's 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 the uh you have to be okay with being stuck at um V four on the bouldering wall for months and months and months because that's just the way. Like it's it, like it's you're you're not going every day you're not doing like it's that's just you know you have to be okay with that the nice thing there right and i was actually going to talk about rock climbing too that was that reminded me so two things on rock climbing one the nice thing there was you would be we couldn't climb much higher than v4 v5 maybe depending Mm -hmm. on the route uh and where it was on the slant um but they changed the routes out every Mm -hmm. two or three months so if you're if if the 
New route date was the best. Yes. New routes where you're doing a V0, you know, you'd go through, you'd blow, blast through all the V0s, V1s, V2s, V3s, and then you get to the V4s, and you might top out on one or two right away, and then you would start climbing the ones that you would struggle with, and you would work those for two or three months, right? And you might work a V5, and then like two, two and a half, three months later, they would swap them all out and you'd have new goals. It's the same thing that I'm saying. It's it having those new, if all you ever got to climb was those stupid routes and you never got good enough to jump to V5 or V6 or V7, mm-hmm. it would get really frustrating. Uh, but because they would change out the routes, then... Then it kept it, it kept it just kept it interesting. It, it was, kept it was it great. Fresh. That you was, have those new yeah, goals. Yeah, that was that was it was so it was so nice that there was, um, just like just when just just when you were getting tired of failing on that five, it would they switch it up for you. Right. The only time it was frustrating is if you were really close. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck! I've almost topped. Like you were two moves away, or even one move away from topping out. Mm-hmm. And you came, you know, you were there on Wednesday, and you came back on Friday, and like all of the B two bouldering area, uh, B two, there was bouldering one and bouldering two, all the B two bouldering area had been rerouted. You'd be like, "Fuck, I was so close on that one." Today was going to be the day. The other thing I was going to say about climbing, though, because that was like a decade ago that we were doing that regularly. Uh, not really. It was what four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Hold your son. <laughs> He's four. Uh, but when we were doing that regularly, I was, so actually that's a better way for me to frame it in my mind. Four years ago, I was still doing the same thing of, I would get in my head too much on my off days. And I would think like, no, I just have to, I just have to focus and I just have to clear my mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then it would get worse. It would just like compound on top of it instead of just going like, today's just going to be one of those days, man. You know, and maybe maybe if you're a professional rock climber, you need to be able to you know, you need to you need to actually spend time on your your mm-hmm. your mental acuity and how to clear it out because you can't if you're having a bad day and it comes to a competition, you kind of can't accept the bad day. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But then yeah, that's when you start meeting with like uh what are they called? Athletic shrinks. What are they? Uh, sports psychologists. Uh, yes, thank you. When you start meeting with sports psychologists and shit like that, where like, yeah, this is how I feed myself and this is how I feed my family. So I need to be, you know, but that's, that's been a big part of it for me. Like after getting a hernia and shit is just realizing like, I'm not an athlete. Working out is not your job. Right. (laughs) Working out is not my job. It's just good for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes it, it makes you feel good on those days. It didn't on Wednesday. Or, or if it doesn't like, that's okay. Like, it, it's like I, I, I've had that a couple times. Like, I don't, you know, I don't work out with weights nearly as much as you do. Where it's like, where it be like all of a sudden you will. Uh, it's like fuck. Like why? Like why is this one random squat with this like weight that I know I did more with like two weeks ago? Like why? Like like fuck. Like what? Like what's what's happening? Like why is why is today it feeling worse? And literally, it's like it, it's just you know it, it could just be a, a myriad of things that's going on in my body. As you get older, it could just be like you sat too long at work, man. Yeah, and your hips are t- 
tighter than normal yeah, and you or, just didn't stretch your hips out enough or exactly or like or like my legs for whatever reason are just like i was sitting weird and i'm like in, you know in a chair for weird. that day um another part of it for me is a lot of the time that i work out with big j and big j is in much better shape than i am and when i started working out with him that was a big part of it for me was constant and like now i have the mental maturity that it wasn't it it was a big thing in my mind but it wasn't a big thing to overcome does that distinction make sense yeah so i would go and like big j would start out pressing plates which means he has the bar that's 45 pounds and then he has two 45 pound plates that would be Uh his that would be his opening set right and my opening set so i didn't totally fuck up my shoulder because i had (laughs) such bad shoulder pain would be the bar plus 15 pounds on each side and because he doesn't have bumper plates and neither do i now bumper plates are all the like they're all the same size does that make sense yeah and i think bumper plates also imply that they're rubber so that they won't crack your cement what okay so so instead of, them, instead of them always being the same, so here, like here's circumference, the they're, they're, they're different circumferences right. for weights. So this is a this. It's like this is a ten pound weight. You trying to flex me right now? Right, I am. Yes, this is how I would flex <laughs> you. So the circumference of this right is mm-hmm. the ten pound weight, and then like the circumference of this is the forty five pound weight. Okay. On the on the plates that he has and me, but on bumper plates, it's like this is a five, a ten, a fifteen. 25 no it just looks oh. cool all i'm saying is that i would go to bench when i started doing that with big j and feel like such a giant pussy because i'd have these dinky little plates on it but the really important thing is i don't want to fuck up my shoulder and have to have another surgery mm-hmm. and you want to actually make sure you're isolating the body parts you're isolating whereas if you're benching you know if you're benching something that you can actually bench you're your shoulders are back and and you're actually doing what you're supposed to versus if you're trying to push something that is too heavy you're going to be like this like you're <laughs> and so you're not at you're using whoops you're using the front of your shoulders you're not at like your chest isn't involved in this at all mm-hmm. uh and that that's just been another thing kind of mentally to get over is like okay well my first set isn't plates it's still not plates by the way it's 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 amazing how like much that sort of like tension and like form translates to literally every other sport. Like I remember like when like the day that me and Ryan did jujitsu, um like they kept like it was a couple times where like like Schwat or Jared were just like you gotta start, like don't tense up so much like because I like I'd be like I'd be like I'd be like you know like tense up trying to like push us like it's like that's not how no. Like you're like you're you're just you're just gonna wear yourself out. Like you're not pushing any harder. Like you think you are, but you're you're just it's just you're doing it worse. Like it's yeah. Like you like you you know it's all about like form has so much to do with how well you can perform any one of these actions. Right. Well, and I mean it's it's probably true across the board, but for what Big J and I do, which is you know I wouldn't even call it amateur, but just like you know, dudes working out in a basement bodybuilding. The idea of bodybuilding is to isolate 
your muscles to get as much blood flow into them because the blood flow is going to make them get bigger. Mm-hmm. Which is going to tear them up, which make is gonna, them grow. It's not even necessarily about tearing. Tearing is where you get sore. It's just about filling them with blood, and they okay. they grow because of that because of that stimulus. They grow to accommodate larger blood flow. Essentially, it's you know the th- classic thing in MMA when a guy comes out with beach muscles. It just happened in uh, last week's card. This dude came out with beach muscles, was fucking raring to go in the first round, and gassed. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not seen a dude gas out that hard in a long time. He lost the fight because he had nothing. He had nothing. And so I, I, was wa- I was watching it with Amber like, this dude's going to gas so hard. Look at the size. He was just this Adonis. He just looked great. And it was like, he's got nothing. And if you go look at, I mean, go look at Khabib. Go look at... Uh, uh, what's his face? Piotr, uh, Piotr Jan. Yeah, your book club guy. Yeah. Go look at Piotr Jan. Uh, I mean, go look at the champions. They're not, I mean, uh, Jan Blakovic. They're not. It's, it, it's funny because we've known this for a decade. Right. Like, that was one of the first things Joe Rogan ever said to us personally through, yeah. the, through the broadcast. That's, was, no, that's, that guy's that's, got that's like muscles. 15 like, years ago. When yeah. he was like, that like, guy's got beach muscles. They're going to fill with blood, and he's going to be fucked. They look really like, good. Like, this guy's got a training camp. How is no one like, look, we're going to debulk you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to look that good. Go look at any Go look at any of the champions. They don't look like studs. They just the closest look- one is George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre. But he was, he was like all lats. Yeah, but he was almost certainly on gear. There's a good chance, yeah. Everyone I mean, was on gear back all, then. That's what I'm saying. To take nothing, it's the same thing where like, if you're Lance Armstrong and, the, and the 10 guys below you are all on gear, you're still the best. It doesn't make mm-hmm. it. It doesn't matter. If if the other nine people below you weren't and you were doing EPO, well, then, yeah, yeah you're a fucking cheater. But if you and the nine people below you are all <laughs> Amherst's don't diss my boo, meaning George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. Uh if you and the nine people below you are all taking steroids and doing EPO, then yeah, you're still the best. You you are still the best. Uh, so it's not to take anything away from George St. Pierre, but I'm saying his physique, you know, nonsense. the only one of that generation that I don't think was is uh, probably, uh, actually there's Couture. two. Huh? Couture maybe? No, Couture was for sure. When he was a wrestler, if he's an old school wrestler, he was probably juicing hard. Uh, BJ Penn. He was always doughy. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, Michael Bisping. Those two dudes, I don't think, ever took anything. They just. Maybe they, Dan Hardy? They hadn't. I don't know about Dan Hardy. Or it's Carlos, like, Carlos Condit. With, with how like prevalent it was. It'd be really interesting uh, to know. It's, it's so hard to think of anybody back then that wouldn't have done it. Because like, those guys love to lie about it. That's the thing. I was just saying this actually because Dan and I, Dan and I are usually on for ten or fifteen minutes together before the podcast. And I was saying to Dan, I discovered this guy's channel, John Meadows. He's a former bodybuilder, and one of the things I really love about John Meadows' channel is that he differentiates the advice that he's giving on YouTube for he enhanced or on gear, meaning steroids, and and natty or like natural people and so he'll say like 
for anybody who's not on gear, for anybody who's doing this stuff natty, do not follow that advice because you will need more time to recover. And when, when he's like laying out like exercises to do intensity, you should use and when you should do your next, you know, whatever exercise, I really appreciate that he is calling out the difference between somebody who is not taking any steroids or anything and somebody who is because a lot of a lot of the people on YouTube like you will just see like yeah you have to do this and you have to do this and then you're like I mean some of them are obvious like if you look at uh fuck I can't think of his name now there's just some of them where they're just huge you know they're huge Scott Steiner Yes, Scott Steiner is a perfect example. Where you see Scott Steiner, you're like, "Well, I'm come on, guy. I'm never going to be that dude unless I'm taking steroids, mm-hmm. right?" Uh, but there's some people you see, and you're like, "I don't know if I should follow your advice because I don't know if you're enhancing, uh, if you're on, sh- if you're take, if you're on gear or not." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's a perfect example of a guy who I don't. It's a perfect example in two ways. I don't think he's taking anything. Okay. Uh, but also his uh, his advice is not advice I should follow, and he does a good job of having clarity about it while saying that he's he doesn't he's not on gear, he doesn't take steroids or testosterone. He's also a wrestler for TNA. I don't know what his actual name is. Oh. And I don't know what his name in TNA is. I know what his actual sure. name is. His name's Eric Bugenhagen. Do you know Great. who that is? Great name. I have no idea. I think he's. I don't know what his. I, I think his name is like Ricky Stick or something like that in TNA. This dude's a fucking freak. Is he just. Is he just called Aaron, Eric Bugenhagen? In TNA? He might just be. Well, in NXT he was. That was a WWE. NXT. So maybe, maybe he's got a different name in TNA. Okay. NXT is the one I mean. Oh, then yeah, he's just Eric Bugenhagen. Okay, I had no idea. Guys, that's, that's, it, we're in, we're in a new era where if you want to just be yourself in, okay. in, uh, in so wrestling, here. you can just technically just be your own. I'm gonna name. take a picture of Eric Bugenhagen onto the screen here. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at him here. So here's that's a that, that's a regular. So here's Eric Bugenhagen, right? Now there's a YouTube channel called Natty or Not where this guy he doesn't actually know, but he goes through and says like whether this guy's natty or not. <sighs> and Eric, WWE guys are tested. They're like they're technically tested. Well, the Natty or Not YouTube guy says that's a total joke, but he talks about Eric Bugenhagen and he legitimately says like he doesn't know about Eric Bugenhagen. <laughs> but one of Eric Bugenhagen's things is that he he's very adamant that he's natural. And like has been that way for decades, and uh, maybe not decades. It's all uh, vitamins, and uh, American decades. pride. Well, so what he says, and if you watch any of his clips on YouTube or Instagram, like he does some insane shit. He does this thing. Look it up, anybody who wants to see something fucking bananas and borderline scary. Look up Eric Bugenhagen Arthur lift. It's nuts. Say Eric Bugenhagen again. <laughs> Bugenhagen. He's from Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. And I like, (laughs) he says it with a Midwestern accent too. Bugenhagen. Eric Bugenhagen, the Arthur lift. Uh, It's crazy. 
to watch him do this. And so his whole thing. Why is that an exercise? <laughs> are you just looking at a picture of it or are you looking at the yeah. video of it? The video of it's fucking gnarly. When you're watching it, you're like, oh, no. It's crazy. So the Arthur left. But, and he also, like, he's a huge fan of Zercher squats and shit. Um, but his whole, his whole prescription, which is one thing that I've been like curious, like I want to do this for like a month and just see what it does. Mm-hmm. He tries to, he'll do an exercise for two months mm-hmm. and just go as hard as he possibly can every single day. So okay. every single day of his life, no rest days, he deadlifts his max deadlift every day for like two months. So, I mean, obviously he's not being a total, he's not like, all right, done with my coffee. I'm going to go deadlift a thousand pounds or he's not deadlifting a thousand pounds, but I'm going to go deadlift 658 pounds or whatever it is. He warms up to it. But the whole point is that at the end of his hour workout, he's doing a one rep max for deadlift and just pulling as much weight as he can. And then he just won't deadlift for two months. And he does for two months. He just does max weight bench press. And his whole thing is that like doing that, like completely taxing it because you have so much muscle recruitment. It just grows your overall muscles everywhere. It's really interesting. Uh, and watching him do it, you're, it's it's like that Arthur squat or watching some of his Zercher squats where you're just like, this is fucking nuts. And like one of the things that he recently put out is on his, he did a max weight, I think, incline bench or just regular bench. I can't remember. But the first thing he does is it's like 65 pounds over his max weight for his bench. All he does is, you know, he unracks it mm-hmm. and then brings it down to about here and holds for like a second for like a beat and then pushes it back up. So he's like stimulating his, his CNS, his central nervous system to hold a weight that's even beyond his max weight bench to just get the, the muscle fiber recruitment. It's anyway, I, the whole point of this whole dumb speech that probably nobody cares about is that, what I love about him is that he he says like he's just very clear that like if you're not if you don't want to look like this if you don't want giant I mean because he has huge muscles mm-hmm. then don't do this and he's like if you don't if you're not able to do this every day then don't do it you know like I like I like that kind of honesty of like this is what I do I'm a what is he is he, you said he wasn't TNA? NXT. NXT. He's an NXT wrestler. His, so he's like, you're just, don't do it. It's not for you. If you are a person who's in the athletic industry for XYZ reason, then sure, maybe this is something that you should do and you should try. I just, I like that level of honesty that he has and John Meadows has of like kind of different, whereas like Jeff Cavalier, who I like, from athlete x he's got i think he's got 10 million subscribers on youtube uh he's probably like on youtube the most famous fitness person that that was one of the things that i had to figure out with him is like okay i'm not jeff cavalier 
I'm not an athlete. I'm not trying to be, mm-hmm. I don't need to follow his advice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to just stay in relatively good shape as I get older and following his stuff. I got a hernia. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like, and to be clear, I didn't subscribe to any mm-hmm. athlete X programs. I'm saying following only his stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I'm not trying to like, it's my own fault. I'm not trying to blame anybody, but it's just been something I had to figure out. Mm-hmm. This has been a really fun. Yeah, it's- I don't know if anybody's listening anymore, but for me, this has been a very fun podcast, which is usually the point is to just you and I have fun. Uh, like I remember like, like whack, like uh, talking with Jared about it with, uh, the level of athlete across every sport now. Um, is really starting to reach these crazy peaks of like these guys are just fucking like they they know how to build their bodies from like the age of like high school upwards that it's just nonsense like you look at like it could just be it could be a professional wrestler it could be an MMA guy now um it it was in like the NBA and like the NFL before that because they had the money and that's where those guys went but now they're like now they're like oh like I didn't make the NFL. I can go make money in MMA or professional wrestling. Like or strong these man. guys are, these guys are fucking like they're Adonis's now. Like they know like between nutrition and eating, like it's insane what they can do to like make themselves look the way they do, and like perform the way they do at like peak. Like these guys are wrestling sixty minute like wrestling matches at like full speed. It's like how the fuck are you doing this? You look like a Greek god, but like. It's, I don't, it's there's I, going for that long. I still think a lot of them take stuff. Oh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It, like, that's Which the thing. Like, doesn't I, bother I, I don't, don't want to say none of them are not, but to be able to go that long for that, like, is still, like, it's the, like... It doesn't they, bother like, me. Like, what, like, what is the peak? Like, they're, like they're, they're so close to what I well, think a person can do. That's what's, so, that's what's so compelling to me. One of the things that's so compelling to me about the argument of letting people take stuff is like, mm-hmm. what is the peak? Mm-hmm. Like, if our science keeps improving, what is the peak of, of human potential with... A little with, help. With help. Mm-hmm. I mean, because... So, like, here's an example. Uh, one of the supplements I take is called EAAs. It's essential amino acids. So it's potassium and, and shit like that. I take mm-hmm. it every day. Uh, and I've only been doing... I've only been taking that for, like, a month. And I, it very well could be a placebo, but I swear to you that it helps with my recovery. Like mm-hmm. I just, I feel way better since I've been taking it every day. Potassium is uh, great for that. And I take it right. If I work out, I take it right after a workout. Potassium is good for recovery, but it's, so it's essential because there's BCAAs, which are branch, branch chain amino, amino Jesus Christ. You can branch, do I can't. Branch chain amino acids, mm-hmm. and then there's the essential amino acids, which are arguably more important. Uh, I take I take both um, every day. Every day, so I have I have one supplement that is like protein and BCAAs, branch chain amino acids, mixed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I take the essential amino acids every day, which doesn't have a protein mixed in with it. Um. 
but the EAAs more so than the BCAAs have really helped my recovery. So even that stuff where like, I'm not taking steroids or anything, but that has still helped my recovery. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then like, and then the more you learn about, I mean, so like one of the things that I've been watching with John Meadows is like, so nutrient timing is important for everybody. Uh, just meaning like if you want to have a really good workout where you're maxing your stuff, you need to take carbohydrates before your workout. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not bad for you to go into a workout fasted. You can go into a workout fasted, but don't expect to get your, don't expect to like get your, your max bench PR while fasted. You're going to need carbohydrates. There's a reason marathoners and extreme bikers eat like a shit ton of carbs the night before in the morning. (laughs) Right. So like nutrient timing is is important for everybody depending on what your goals are that day or that month right Mm -hmm. but then like if you're a bodybuilder or if you're a strongman or if you're a boxer or footballman or anything like that then yeah like you're the nutrients that you get and the nutrient timing is going to be way more important i watched this whole cool thing for this boxer named badu jack and they were meeting with his nutritionist and his nutritionist worked hand in hand with his head coach to know what he was doing every single day. Mm-hmm. And they took all these crazy metrics from his body, like these biometrics from his body every single day for like a month do like for his workout regimen in a, in a camp going up to boxing. And then the nutritionist was able to determine what meals, what supplements, what shakes mm-hmm. he should have when because they could see from his biometrics that like, okay, well, right now he's having a protein shake, but it's a protein shake that also has wheatgrass and this and this in it because they have these micronutrients. And after this kind of a workout, we can see that his body has been depleted of the, it was like, mm-hmm. like mad scientist shit where, so my whole point of this whole tangent is like, it is really fascinating to see even without doing like, you know, steroids or mm-hmm. EPO or whatever. Mm-hmm. EPO? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Even without doing that, like our science is so crazy. We're like, you can just study a human doing this camp for a month mm-hmm. and go like, okay, well, I know what they need to do the next six weeks now mm-hmm. to make sure that their nutrient timing is right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so th- it's one of the compelling things of like, yeah, let's just let people take shit and see like, what can we accomplish? Oh yeah, like the All Steroid Olympics. Yeah, it's let's do it. That's that's where it's like, what is like outside of like genetic alterations slash steroids? Like, like, are, like how like how close are those sports scientists to peak just natural human like uh, achievement sort of stuff? Right. I want to know both. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to know. And I mean, eventually, I would want to know the three categories. I would want to know all natty. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the peak of all natty? Mm-hmm. Uh, like one. What? Actually, I don't know if I really. I genuinely have no idea. But strong man, I don't know how natty they are. But Brian Shaw held this stone, this Atlas Stone record forever. And then this other guy, uh, I think it was in twenty twenty. I can't think of his name right now, 
But he he did Brian Shaw's record as his opening Atlas Stone, and like just smashed the Brian Shaw record, right? Uh, but like all he had done was train stones, mm. so it was just was one of those man. things where like everybody was like Brian Shaw's record, and Brian Shaw's this huge giant man. Everybody's like Brian Shaw's record can't be beat, and then this dude does it as his opening weight, like just mm-hmm. smashes it. Uh, and so it's the same thing there of like, what, what's the natty potential? What's the like steroid EPO potential? And then eventually it'll be like, what's the genetically modified potential? I want to know all of them. I just, mm-hmm. I want to actually know. I want, I just want to know that those are the classes. Does that make sense? Exactly. So, you, like, if like you're the, in the natty, like the playing field has to be even. Right. If you're in the natty class, I want to know that you're all natural, which means like super stringent testing all the time, random testing, three in the morning. Like, you just have to submit to it. I want to like I, but I want to watch all three of those things. Mm-hmm. Then I want to watch the steroid and supplement, and then I want to watch like, yeah, these are the genetically modified people because in my mind, it's like. All three of them are within human potential, right? There's just the human potential of like only your physical body and our our science within nutrition and your physical mm-hmm. body. And then it's like only your physical body and our science within things that medicine? are outside. Yeah, medicine, things that are outside of nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then like out outside of your body's potential but within our understanding of science Mm -hmm. it's all human it's all human potential i just want to know for a fact that every scale along the way is is that yeah so yeah so like 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 when you're watching two guys fight that it's not unfair yeah well and i'm like i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna compare myself against the all natural people yeah yeah I mean, for, you know, you and I have been watching MMA. I mean, I still watch it way more regularly than you, but we, we've been watching MMA for arguably almost 15 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, go look at athletes from 15 years ago, the MMA athletes, and maybe a better example would be 11, 12 years ago. Like when you had Uberim mm-hmm. and, and Brock, you know, the, the, phenom that was brock lesnar 11 or 12 years ago he's all natty he's all natty or maybe 10 years ago now actually 10 11 12 somewhere in there when you had uber and 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 uber lesnar go look at all the athletes and go look at their their bodies and then since you saw it not that you saw it as perfect i'm not claiming you saw it as perfect but since you saw it has come in which is a lot stricter Go look at the bodies of of the athletes now. It's it's genuinely way different. Mm-hmm. You still have your standouts like this dude that was competing last Saturday that I was talking about. I mean, he looked like an Adonis, but that dude's got to spend so much time doing isolated muscle exercises. Or Yo Romero, where it's just like it doesn't make any sense. He, how he I don't any test ever. I don't understand how he passes test. He's got to be the most genetic outlier ever, which isn't impossible. He's, 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 like, he's like a Bo Jackson where it's like, we, we've never seen an athlete like that. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, ten, it's quarter after ten. Huh? 
I told you when we started the podcast, I was like, dude, I have, I have no energy. We literally didn't even get to Rob's random topic. Yeah, we, we went from, as you do, you go from space to steroids. That's that's what our podcast is all about. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is genuinely, chat has been silent since Kibby, no, since, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't give me timestamps on this. Uh, August 8, 2015. That's not right. There wasn't a lot. Well, whatever time... Last hour. <laughs> whatever time Schwat said, say Eric Bugenhagen again. Uh, Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen. Schwat might be the only one left. Chat's been silent. Uh, I like chat involvement. Oh, boy. My chat's all weird. But I also just like talking to you. And I like I am just now realizing how late it is. Yeah, I didn't realize it was ten fifteen. That's the most fun to me, man. It's just that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wanna have a bowl of cereal and go to bed. Yeah. It's another reason I really do like Huh? Ice cream, I think. I'm I'm been asking my mom. I'm anxious for two reasons. One, because I think some people's like parents and grandparents that I know have started to get their shots, and I just want my mom and stepdad to get their shots, mm-hmm. uh, just so they have that degree of safety. Mm-hmm. But I also would really. It's like I've said before. At this time, a year ago, I was like, a year from now, my mom will be able to watch my kids one or two days a week, and I'll be able to get back to rock climbing with Dan. And it's just not there. And like there's a Biden said today, I think that he wants all adults to have access to vaccine by July. And it was like, fuck July. It was still way sooner than I thought. I just, I just want, I miss my mom dearly. I love my mom Mm -hmm. so much. I want to see her. She's in a group that should be well before July. 70 plus. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're also in Wisconsin, which is full of fuckheads as far as I'm concerned with their government. Packers, man, they suck. Uh, do they, do they still have Scott Walker in Wisconsin? No, no, no. Okay. So maybe I'm wrong there. Um, but also it's like, I, it's all, it's all intertwined, but it's like, I want my kids to be around my mom. But I also want my mm-hmm. mom to be able to watch my kids so that mm-hmm. I can go do stuff. Not all the time, but like one or two days a week. In my mind, it was like, yeah, my mom will pick them up from school one or two days a week. And we'll go rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why was I on the subject? Don't know. I don't know either. I think <laughs> what, it was somewhere and it was somewhere ending with like. I got to figure out how I'm going to rock climb, but like, I don't, I really, really like lifting like way more than I ever thought I was going to. I mean, I bought a whole, I have a whole fucking rack over there. You like them both. I have, well, I have to figure out how to do them both. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Where you you can have enough recovery between. I have to figure out. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is it's the, the beach muscles thing. I can't climb. I can't climb with beach muscles. Just don't get beach muscles. The, cli- the climbing, well, I, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. The climbing muscles are endurance muscles. 
Mm-hmm. The beach muscles, the bodybuilding muscles are not. They're just muscles that look good. They're not endurance muscles. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily athletic muscles. They're five-second muscles, not right. 30-second they're, they're, muscles. They're not, they're not the muscle. They're not kind of the lean sinew that you need for rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, the other thing I was going to say is one of the things I love about lifting so much is I can eat so much more. <laughs> <laughs> like... I can have a bowl of cereal at ten at ten twenty right before bed. It's not even bulking up. I just need more calories from lifting. Uh, Vitamin Anderson says TJ and I are for sure rock climbing next year. Yeah, that's the other thing is once Nemo is old enough to get in climbing club, that those are the days that we'll go climbing. Is the days that he Drop gets to go to, so it'll be like my mom will be with Aurora, Nemo will be in climbing club, and I'll go climb. Amber can come too. I can't wait. Yeah, Amber needs. That was that was the problem before. Like, as we were getting older with climbing, was we only had an hour to an hour and a half. When we had three hours, three and a half hours to climb, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everybody could get in their their routes and their work. But when time started to get less and less, that's where we went to like exclusively bouldering, mm-hmm. because. Everybody could climb as much as they wanted. You didn't have to tie in. You didn't have to have somebody to belay you. And when Nicole moved out west of the river, she couldn't come climbing as much because it's a huge hike. To, mm-hmm. And so it was like you, me, and Amber. And then it was like in an hour and a half, it would basically be like maybe we'd each get two routes, which is it's just not that much. Uh, she's hopeful that her sister will go with her which would be great. I think she can convince her. If so, if a man, cause that's all Amber needs is a partner. If Amber had a partner and then it would just be you and me. Then if it's only two of you, you can get four or five routes in, which, oh, yeah. is, which is all you need mm-hmm. unless you're a professional climber and that, but that was the thing. That was why I think you and I started bouldering so much is cause it was like, well, you're only there for an hour to an hour and a half. You can get, six seven eight nine routes and like you can really gas yourself out doing that mm-hmm. well thanks for tuning in everybody i don't know how many people stuck through that uh i don't know, just got, a nonsense conversation we went from space to steroids yep. yep there were there were books in between oh yeah books that was really fun too this was a fucking fun podcast I really did not. I like expected this to be a slog, and I was like, "Me and Dan are probably going to be done. Like, we're going to be coasting." Oh, I took like a, like a thirty-minute nap at like seven o'clock. I was like, "We're going to be like coasting into ten o'clock on fumes." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't. I thought we were barely going to make it till ten. I could keep talking for another hour. Oh yeah, this was fun. This was just what I needed. Hopefully, it helps mm-hmm. me be in a better mood tomorrow. For sure. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for everybody who stuck around. Yeah. This was exactly what I needed tonight. Got to work 3,000 tomorrow, but I get to work 3,000 with Rolo, and I like that. Morning? Afternoon. If I was morning, oh, I'd, be with, if I was morning I'd be with Powell. Oh, that's right, yeah. Vitamin Anderson sent us a heart. Space to juice. Pow, pow, power wheels. I love Powell. I've seen him once in person because I'd never want to <laughs> poke my head into his office and bug him. Hey, I see him here. <laughs> that dude's great. 
yeah, this was really fun, Dan. This was exactly what I wanted out of the podcast. It's just you and I yeah. talking about the same nerdy shit we always talk about. Exactly. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this might sound stupid podcast, you should subscribe to us if you're listening to the podcast. Whatever application you have mm-hmm. to listen to a podcast should have a big button on it somewhere that says subscribe. And like subscribe to us. Or something. Something. Um, you can also follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash this might sound stupid. Uh, it's a very fun way to not only take in the podcast, but participate when you watch live. You can join in on chat. You can tell us how we can make a million followers. We will ban you. We will ban you. Unless you're for real, and then then I want to hear what you have to say. But I don't yeah. think space... Yeah, prove that to us. Space dicks 2118 or whatever it was. 296 <laughs> or whatever. Um... You can email us, this might sound stupid, at gmail.com, and you can tweet at us, at TMSS underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey has been laying adorably with his face at the camera for the entire podcast, and now that we're just about done, he has decided to turn around and show his feet and penis again. He knows what we want. We're brought to you, first and foremost, by Joey the Good Boy, our oldest and best sponsor. We're also brought to you by Mike Long, who has designed all of our graphics and who I, I love dearly and miss dearly. And uh, I want to eat hearts with him soon. <laughs> He's got some hearts. Soon. He's got some hearts for us to eat, and I want to eat them. They're very good. Good check on iron. Good night, everybody. Good night.